calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Les Hangout, the podcast that's willing to ruin their good painting for a chance at a great one. Yes. <laughs> from the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who have been with us this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. And here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This week in the Lesdom is somewhere that we can touch base every episode about things going on with the podcast, with our lives, or just in the greater Les universe. And we want to start, as always, by reminding you that we are making a, a musical. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! You may have heard. Um, it's called The Flame. It's great. We're super excited about it. It's uh, totally queer and super fun and tropey romancy. And also, we had another casting announcement that you may have seen last week that we are super excited about. So we are so thrilled to announce that we are also going to be joined by Jesse Nowak, who is an amazing voice actor. You have probably heard him in all sorts of video games or commercials or all sorts of other stuff. And he is going to be joining us as Harold, our mm. villainous, villainous character. Yes. And I feel like he's bringing a lot of like Disney villain to the role. And I cannot yes. wait for you all to hear. You're going to love, love to hate him. I love it. Yeah, I'm so into <laughs> it. I love to hate him already. I'm so excited. He's fantastic. We're super thrilled. So welcome, Jesse. We are excited to have you. If you want to help us fund this big old thing, <laughs> you can go to bit.ly slash the flame the musical. We have had so many people support us so far. So thank you so much for all the support. Let's keep it rolling. We also this week have Orphan Black Trivia coming up this Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I am so excited to see everyone there. I want to see every clone representing, so you better be there oh my God, in yes. your cosplay best. I'm so excited. Just one. I'm a few. Bring some cosplay. That's how we do. Is yes. That, that's how it goes? Yes. I think. Yeah. Cool. 
other things that we want to talk about in the greaterless universe. So I feel like I should preface this by saying I am not a huge viewer yeah. of the 100. I was I went with viewer. I was trying to be, you know, politically yeah, yeah. neutral. Yeah, diplomatic. That's a good word. But we do know, uh, obviously, we as professional lesbians. We have to you know, know these things. We have to know all of these things. And so we are certainly aware of the fact that the 100 finale featured the return of none other than... Alexa. They really were trying to bring this. Uh, I will say, I'm happy for all of the fans of Klexa because, like, from what I've heard, I'm like, spoiler alerts, but, you know, Bellamy was the other love interest of Clark, whatever. He's out of the picture. We won't say how. And <laughs> finally, it has been determined this is endgame, right? Klexa is endgame. That has been decided, and that's great. But it's also Klexa, just like, you could have yeah. just not killed her in the first place. Well, look, that's a, clearly not an option in TV <laughs> these days. But we did just want to highlight, so all of you Klexa fans, we are rooting for you. We're happy for you. We're glad that you got the at least vindication of Clark's true love yes. um, in that finale. So there you go. There you go. What a way to end it. Also, I wanted to talk about something that I found which is a new study that just came out recently that I thought was really interesting. And it was a study where they found that 19% of trans adults in the U.S. are parents. So 19% of all trans adults are raising kids. And I thought that A is fantastic because I nothing that we love more than queer parents just across the board. And also one thing that I thought was really great is that they also said that even though, um, you know, t usually in a lot of these studies like trans people tend to score lower in terms of like their overall happiness or their sense of satisfaction with their lives and things like that um because trans people live in a country that is you know not the best for them is and that a diplomatic yes, way to say that yes. this country's trash for and it's just not always great. But what I did think was great is in this study, they actually found that trans parents rate the same as cis parents uh, in all of those categories. And so uh, I just thought that was a really great thing to know is that they find that, you know, in a lot of ways, raising children tends to really be affirming and positive in trans people's lives. I so you do how you do. Whatever is, is right for you is right. But I just thought that was really great to know uh, and something to think about. So I loved it. And also because, you know, not like I'm biased as a parent or anything. I love it. I love it as well. Yeah. It, gives, it gives hope for the future. Well, that's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 4, our next installment and our first fourth season installment of our Les Centrals. I'm so excited. Les Centrals is a recurring segment on the show where we dive into classic lesbian movies or shows. We also are writing and recording original songs for each Les Centrals, so stick around until the end to listen to our song for the half of it, which is the movie that we're doing, and the song is called Lost and Found. For this Les Centrals episode, we are going to be breaking down a movie that is definitely not a love story. That's right. We are going to be talking about the very recent, uh, the new Alice Wu film, The Half of It. I'm so excited. You know what's really cool, too? 
this is a, a sneak peek into the life of celesbians for all of you. <laughs> <laughs> Lee and I were contacted by net the reps for the movie and we got a sneak peek of this film before it was even out on netflix and that made me feel so cool it this was our first screener that we i think yes. have ever gotten for anything so really yes cool. we got to watch this like a whole week before any of you that's just how cool we are right <laughs> <laughs> and that's we how had, we do and it. we had to wait another year to talk about it on the show well look we are not super prompt <laughs> But but we loved the movie, and uh, of course we love Alice Wu already. We've already covered a previous Alice Wu movie. Some of you may remember the Les Essentials episode that we did on Saving, Saving Face. Face. So this we were super super excited to see, very excited to watch, uh, and now very excited to talk about. So I'm gonna give us a quick intro to the movie. This is just the IMDb recap for anybody who hasn't seen it. One smart but cash-strapped teen, Ellie Chu, agrees to write a love letter for a jock she doesn't expect to become his friend or fall for his crush. Eh. Okay. Valid, but also she had a crush on Aster before yes. she agreed to this. She is 100% into Aster before he asks her. Yes. Like, that's not even and a question. And it's not even like so. she's, like, sub submerging it. Like, you know, like that, like, gay crush that you're like, oh, no, I don't have one. She knows she has it. Yeah. So that oh, yeah. part of it is a little weird. But yeah. No, I love when people write IMDb recaps and it's like, you have two sentences and like half of it is wrong. How do you do how that? Do you, like, yeah, how do you do this? We sh it's Did you watch this movie? Probably not, to be honest. No. <laughs> but don't worry, everyone, because we're going to go through it in painstaking in detail for you. Every so, single you know. second. <laughs> <laughs> you probably don't even need to watch the movie, but you really should. Yes, so, yes. you know. Should we should we go ahead and dive in, Ellie? Let's kick it off. Okay. Because I love the opening to this movie. It's very different. It's like one of those opening sequences with like the voiceover and the animation yes, stuff. and the drawing and, and the broken yeah, hearts. Yeah. And it like stands on its own, but I like it. You know, like I feel like sometimes it doesn't always work for me. Um, this one works. Yes. I will say, so whenever when we were doing our Les Essentials watch party, it's always hilarious to watch with other people who have never seen the movie before when you've already seen it. And I feel like people were like, wait, I wasn't, this isn't what this movie is about. And you're like, yeah, it's right. not. <laughs> like, that's sort of the point. <laughs> like, but it's cute. Yes. It's, it starts with a, it's a voiceover of Ellie, who is the, the main character. Um, and she's giving kind of this very, I mean, I don't think anybody hasn't heard this story, right? I feel like it's, it's like a super common, like, middle school, high school kind of, like, Greek mythology type of deal of how humans originally had two halves like we were like two humans stuck together and then the gods were like no you're too happy and perfect that way so they split us apart and, and made then us you miserable spend... without each other yes so unhappy <laughs> and so you spend your whole life looking for your other half and we have it's a great animation i love whoever did this the sad the sad little paper people yes um floating around it's also we uh that first kind of water reflection visual that we're gonna that's gonna come back around for us later <sighs> the water i cannot wait far mm -hmm, too far so. from now but yes but that's but it's also i think what's great about it is when you watch it again knowing that like it's something that i really love about this movie is is everything has a meaning right like alice Wu went 
hard. She didn't have to go this hard. She did. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she went hard in this movie. Metaphors and like everything everywhere. is yeah, it's imagery, it's it's meaning, it's every like everything kind of ties back to itself and ties together. And there's just it's there's so many layers. I, I love, love it. it. We're gonna peel them all back. <laughs> We're gonna peel them all back. But after this, we so that you know it's all the the beautiful like love and then uh, whoever wrote this story clearly had never been to high school, right? <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Let's transition to tra- yeah. modern day high school in what I think the official name of the town is West Bumfuck Nowhere. Yeah. Squamish. But yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> yes. I must have pronounced yes, it wrong. The emphasis yeah, was wrong. It a little Sorry. incorrectly, but close. <laughs> close. <laughs> well, I'm not a local, so you know I'll keep practicing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We introduce the high school and we meet Ellie. Oh, hey, Ellie. I know. I love that her name is Ellie. It makes me very happy, of course. (laughs) I knew it would. Of course. Ellie is our sweet little nerd girl, Ellie. But I love what I love about Ellie is she also subverts a lot of these tropes. Like she is this little nerd girl, but she she's more self-assured than you would think. She is in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. In some There's ways, like, yes. Th- yeah, in some ways. There's like parts of her where she's very confident. And I think we get a, a quick intro to that in this scene, right? Because what we kind of do is we transition from the voiceover that she's giving transitions into her actually writing somebody's philosophy paper for them. And she's a great writer and she knows that, right? And I think that's the part of herself, like the literary, academic, you know, brainy side of her. I think she is very confident in. Yes. And so that that's how we kind of meet Ellie. And that's how we meet the fact that she runs a, a side she runs hustle. her own business she's an entrepreneur yeah. she's <laughs> she's selling you know she's selling her craft she's making it work she's yeah. she's writing papers for all of the less intelligent children at school and i i love it because it's also like she's not it's not just she's running a side hustle that she's like confident about but like her english teacher is totally in on it you know like oh, she yeah. she very much knows and she's like oh Five different takes on Camus, huh? Mm. <laughs> She's like, honestly, I don't care because I'd rather read your papers than anyone right. else's, which is actually a hilarious take. Uh, and I, I mean, that's it. real, though. Yeah. I could see that. As an adult who has teacher friends, I'm like, hmm, if I were a teacher, like, would I be like, you know what? I'd rather read five good papers than five horrible papers and just know that that's <laughs> what you're doing. It's fine. It's fine. Right. And since this movie and since Ellie as a character attempts to be as like pretentious as possible. So, oh my God. Part of the drinking um, game. Anytime Ellie makes a pretentious oh reference. Yes. Yeah. So I did go and look up what I thought was a relevant Albert Camus quote. Okay, great. Um, so I came up with this quote that I think I love for uh, Ellie in this movie. And it's, in the depth of winter, I finally learned that within me, there lay an invincible summer. Oh, because I think, you know, I think that's what this movie's about. It's it's growth. It is. You know what growth. that is? It is. Growth. That's growth for Ellie. That's that's what this movie is. So, um so yeah, so we jump from Ellie as like the the smart, confident literary entrepreneur of her high school to the other side, the other half, but I'm sure welcome <laughs> folks. I'm here all week. Of it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the other half of Ellie, which is her riding her bike home and we get the bullying. Which is honestly so rude and I'm like why yeah i mean every time i see high school bullies i'm like why (laughs) just why why are you like in general why are you like this yeah but yes we see that it's very sad for ellie and she will eventually have an ally 
and a friend, which is what's so great about this whole film. So yes. screw the bullies. We get the we get her on the bike, the truck driving by. Um her name Chugga her Chugga last Choo name Choo. is Chu. So Ellie Chu, that's what that's apparently the best they could come Honestly, up with. Brilliant. Is. They did a great job, yeah. Chugga Chugga Choo Choo. It is actually what I what I do like about it is it seems like it's stupid until you learn about the trains. Yes. Okay, yes. Right? Like I'll give them that much. But still. She does do the trains. So like fair fair place to the high school bullies. That's what I'm saying. Um, is that what I'm saying? That's no. what I'm saying. <laughs> They're still idiots, but yes. They're still But the idiots. reason that she's chugga chugga choo choo is because we find out that Ellie's father is the station manager and she takes over a lot of his duties of running the actual trains and sitting in her little booth. Dad needs some therapy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, Poor I love dad. him, but he's he's a slightly broken man. Yes. And I love that, like, this is our crash course to Ellie Chu as a person, right? And so we have, like, she's very smart, and she's shopping herself out to write papers because she can make a, a easy dime off of her idiot, like, you know, high school colleagues. What do you call them? Peers. That's know. the word. Peers, yes. <laughs> colleagues? They don't work there. No. And the last piece of the Ellie Chu puzzle that we are going to get is Girl is Gay. So Capital gay. G. So gay. gay. Um, we, well, also, she's a musician, but most importantly, she is a gay musician. Gay musician. <laughs> we get this scene in the choir, right? Where we meet, um, where we meet Aster. Aster. Beautiful Aster. Sweet, beautiful Aster, like a damn bell with her head in a book and everybody talking about it. I know. The, literally the weirdest line. She's always reading that girl. Like, why are you so angry? Like, there literally is a line where someone's just, like, pissed off that she's reading a book. Like, it's fine. Like, why are, Why do you care? But yes, Aster's always reading. Ellie loves books. They're perfect for each other, right? Except Aster is popular. Yes. And Aster is beautiful. And Aster has this annoying-ass boyfriend, Trig. Oh, Trig. Who Trig is we... my nemesis in this movie. <laughs> Trig I is just, the worst. I cannot with him. But we do find out that Ellie's gay. And the one thing I love about this film is that we have a gay high schooler, number one. And like... She's been gay. Like, what? How far in, into the into the movie is this? Like ten uh, minutes. Yeah, not very. Ten minutes. Aster is singing like an angel, and yeah. Ellie is just staring. <sighs> that look, man. And you know that is a gay look. Like it's they're not hiding it. This is where we see Paul. Paul hears Aster singing too. So you kind of they immediately set up the love triangle for us, right? So it's like you get that Ellie is gay and that she's in love with Aster. You you sort of see Paul outside. We haven't officially met him yet, but but you sort of see him hearing Aster sing, and so you realize like, uh oh, there's this boy and he's in love with her too. And this is where we get the really important crucial crucial sentence from ellie where she says this is not a love story and i want to i want to highlight that because it is something that i you know i saw a lot of responses and i still see a lot of responses when people see this that they are upset that ellie and aster um be, you know spoiler don't end up together <laughs> this is not that's not it, what the movie is and i think that the the movie itself like very clearly tells you that from the get-go like we are not that far into the movie that's the this is how they set the scene for us like this is not a love story it's not a story where everybody's gonna get what they want it, that's not what it's about that's not the point of it and so i just want to highlight that now because i love the end of this movie and i will hear no other arguments now 
know. You can argue with me. But um, but I think that that's the, the movie itself, I think, is telling you straight up, like, if that's what you're coming looking for, you will be disappointed. Yes. And I and I think like that's what's sort of great about this movie, because we're always talking about like we want different stories. Like, yes, we want happy stories. I would say this is a happy story. In my opinion, it's a very happy story. But we want high school love stories. And like this is it's not a love story in the fact that like the girl gets the girl, but there's there is love. Yeah, there is it's a not lot a rom com. It's not a happy ending. Yeah, it's, you know. but there is a lot of love here. So I'm excited to talk about the different types of love that we can have in our lives and all that stuff. I think it's exciting. So from there we move to meet Paul. This is um, we do get the scene where Paul asks for uh, the letter, right? So Paul, poor Paul. I I swear I think Paul is my favorite my favorite character in this movie. He is such a sweet little golden retriever. He is I love a himbo. I'll tell you what. Um, He's just, he's great. I feel like Paul reminds me of like how much I loved uh, like PETA sometimes in like Mm. the Hunger, uh, yeah, Hunger Games. I was team Gale all the way, but no, PETA, PETA for me. What are you going to do? So Paul, Paul is our giant. He is. He's such a puppy. Um, and he's in love with Aster. And he knows that Ellie writes for money. And he wants her to write a letter, a love letter. Is this, this is after, this is before she bumps into Aster? Mm-hmm. That he asks for the letter? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And Ellie is not about to do it because she's in love with Aster. She's in love with Aster, and I think she also realizes, like, there is not a great connection there. I feel like she's trying to, like, lead him away from this, right? Um, and, yeah, she's and also, like, Aster's not the girl for you. Right, Aster's and also, the girl like, for the... <laughs> You're not wrong, Ellie. Yes. Um, and also, I think, like, the morality issue, I think, sort of, you know, like seems to be more at the forefront of her mind here than further into the movie perhaps yes because she's like it's not going to be authentic and like poor paul he's like i can pay more for authentic and you're like oh my god paul (laughs) that's not the point paul (laughs) that's not what authentic i don't think that means what you think it means you probably don't think about what it means at all but what i do love because there's actually there's another scene that happens before they bump into each other in the hallway and i think they're very important because there's this scene where she meets paul and he asks her for the letter and there's the scene where she goes home to her like very depressed dad and he's watching Casablanca yes I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship yeah yeah um and that's and I love that because that's exactly the line that I think is important right because the dad is constantly watching these movies and we we find out later that her mom had this whole thing her mom who passed away when she was younger um her mom had this whole thing about how every song every movie has a best part Right. And so that's what her dad does is he just watches all of these movies and and, you know, is constantly saying like, shh, shh, this is the best best part. part. And that's the best part of Casablanca to him is that line. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And again, like nothing in this movie is there without a reason. Like she just met Paul and then we get this called out best best part is the beginning of a beautiful beautiful friendship. friendship, which I love. Because it is. It is. It is. And I think that's it, this. Their friendship is the core of this movie. You know, I mean, obviously, like we're we're going to get up all get all up in our feelings about Aster and Ellie. But we'll also have some feelings about Ellie and Ellie Paul. And Paul. So there you go. Every, OK, now every, we get to your hallway scene, Ellie. Do you okay, want to do thank it? Thank you. Because this is honestly if this scene is the only scene that occurs in this film, I'd be happy. It, actually, this and 
the later um swimming scene. just you can make like a rough cut that's like just those two scenes uh no, honestly, and the end. i mean come on you make you make the, the hallway and the, the, perfect, the swimming and then the uh, yeah there you go perfect it's like film. a short film that's perfect oh when they bump into each other in the hallway that's the thing too like they have so much more chemistry than Aster and Paul. Mm-hmm. Like every time they're together, it's crazy. But yeah, so they bump into each other, right? And then uh, Aster's like, oh, remains of the day, like blah, blah, blah. And they're doing their like annoying, but also like so them pretentious thing when they're both like, oh, oh, you've read this book like that nobody else has read. <laughs> but it's even even before that. It's so the dialogue. I love it. Right. Because they bump into each other or no, it's not even that they bump <gasps> she into says, each other. I'm Ellie it's too. that Trig bumps into her, knocks all her shit on the ground. Right. And Aster comes over to help her pick everything up. And yes, that's the first thing she says is she just looks into her eyes and goes, I'm Ellie Chu. Like the only thing that matters to her in the world in that moment is that Aster knows who she is. And Aster just goes, I know. Yes, I know. Oh, girl. I've noticed you before. Of course you freaking have, Aster. Jesus. Dead. Like, come Dead. on. It starts it all. And I will say this many times when we're doing this. Even though these letters have not been written yet, the second that first letter was written after Aster bumped into Ellie, she should have known it was Ellie. I'm just like, it was Ellie from the beginning. It was Ellie. Um, yes. So I agree. We will we will come back to that later. Is she's she knows. She knows, she knows and she knows how she feels. And what I love about it too is like A, you have this scene of just like I'm gonna say barely repressed longing, right, for each yes. other. Like and what's great is um so I looked up the book that they're talking about, Remains of the Day, because I yes. have never read it. Um, but it's it's this whole book that's basically all about this butler named Stevens. And I guess like the whole book is him sort of reminiscing to like the past of like the house that he was working in and the guy that he worked for and the woman who was the maid of the house. And so it it, like basically the whole story is him sort of remembering how it's like he and this maid were like totally both into each other, but like never quite took that step you know and then like she left and like married some other dude and like had this whole life and so it's like that's kind of the whole book is like this like repressed longing that like never quite got to be what it should have been you know and that sounds pretty accurate yes so uh, that's we're gonna discuss so that's what they're talking about in this scene where they're both like thirsting over each other so badly is this book that's all about like repressed longing and like unfulfilled desire so great 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 great. love it perfect (laughs) very subtle nothing means anything what are we talking about no. So then after that scene, Ellie is like, um, actually, fuck that. I will 100% write you a letter. Also, I need the money or I will not have electricity at my house. <laughs> yeah, I think it's mostly the electricity bill that's that's sparking this. But also, I think she just would love the excuse to write a letter to ask her about love. Oh, my God. Yes. You can see, you can like see it in her eyes. She's like, this is I'm going to take on this challenge and I'm this going to crush it. <laughs> this is yes. my time to shine. Yes. Yes. And it is her time to shine because dear God, Paul's letter. Oh, Paul. Oh, Paul. Paul's poor letter. Oh, oh sweetie. My God. What does he say? You're you're pretty. You're smart. You're. And blah, even blah, if you blah. weren't like that would be OK, but you are. Yeah. Oh God! You're and all he's three. no. The best so part. Bad. He's how does he sign it? He signs off um, with Paul Munsky, second string tight end. So bad. 
second string tight end. Let's just let's just um it's really let's analyze it. this it's a really little bit. It. He's not only signing off as the only interesting thing about himself is the position that he plays on the school football team, but also that he's not even the first string at that yep. position. He's like <laughs> bad. I have nothing redeeming and, and I'm bad at the thing that I do. Great. Way to way to win way to win that one over. Um, well done, Paul. But Paul, uh, the thing is, I feel like you could make a T-shirt with like everything that Paul says about love in this movie. So in this scene, you get love makes you screwy. This is Paul's take on love. Yes, um, which he, is true. He has some cute takes on love. He tries so hard, you know. I know he does. He's he's puppy dogging, but yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's it's not love, Paul. It's not, it's not, it's, you know, it's like cute puppy dog feelings. He is such, he's such a puppy. Oh, God. He do, he just like, he like flops his little paws around the whole movie. I love him. The entire movie and just like runs into things <laughs> and like hits his tail on like a, I don't know. He's just. <laughs> he chases his he tail. Really... Can't you picture Paul chasing his tail? Yes. yes. I mean, he chases cars, quite literally runs after yes. cars. Like you know what he is? He's not even just a dog. I feel like he's specifically like the dog in Up. Yes. Squirrel. He's that That's dog. exactly true. Yeah. Yes, um, but he's sweet. He's so sweet. And so Ellie, Ellie rewrites the letter much better. She rewrites the letter. And as she's as she's deciding to rewrite the letter and what to write in it, um, we get another, you know, like very pointed movie night with her father where they are watching Wings of Desire. And she hears this line that, again, this is the best part is her dad calling out the line like a wave of longing to rise up in me so this is our setting the emotional state of ellie writing a letter to aster um and the other thing is so i also looked up wings i did so much research for this you know look i'm so proud of dedicated i love it i'm a professional so i looked up wings of desire (laughs) you'd think i might have like ever consumed any media that they mentioned in this movie but nope so (laughs) so i looked up the film wings of desire and it is about uh angels who are watching over a city and they can see everything that happens in the city but they can't be seen themselves except by children and it is all about Mm. these two angels and one of them he falls in love with one of the women that he has been sort of following and like watching over and they can like hear their thoughts and stuff so he falls in love with this woman and ultimately decides to give up being an angel and become mortal um, to be able to experience like human love. life and love basically so yeah I mean again like they're they're not subtle references that are being made here I love it and Aster mm-hmm. also sees right through it and says oh yes basically like what i agree but i wouldn't have plagiarized or something yeah she's like she's like i love uh win wenders who is the the guy who did the movie um and but i wouldn't have plagiarized yeah and so this is like this is immediately where you get that kind of like flirty confrontational undertone going on in the and they start writing all these letters back and forth right and so this is our first like it's kind of it's sort of like a montage like you're just getting um getting all of these scenes of them going through daily life but then also like the voiceover of the letters that they're writing full of love from from they're playful they're bantering they go back and forth and back and forth on letters and finally paul's like you know what we got to seal the deal we're going on a date i just have to say first of all like what a man thing to do ellie's like no the foreplay's not done yet and and paul's (laughs) like i just want to get sex and you're like paul calm down 
But these letters that they write, I mean, it's like, again, the chemistry that they have in person is one thing. The chemistry that they have, like, intellectually, you know, like, I mean, and I love it, too, because it's like they are they are good letters, but they're also like so high school, you know, in some ways that it's like they're doing all this stuff like. Uh, Aster's going on about how like she knows that she's like pretty and popular and like she doesn't mean to sound conceited but like she's like when you're pretty you know like people want to make you like them yeah like people want (laughs) oh my god she has this great quote where she says um yeah people uh not like them as in I like you but like them as in I am like you and I I want to call out that quote because it's when the girl gives her the scarf. Oh my god. And then they all have like the whole friend group has matching scarves and I just want to call out the vagina scarves that um <laughs> at our Patreon watch party we had two two of our patrons um who were calling out the very very vaginal scarves. Um, and honestly so. they were great. It's incredible. Yes. There you go. Yes. And then we oh my god, can we talk about the bathroom scene? <gasps> yes. I so when I was trying to take notes for this, like the the um, chronology of it was a bit fuzzy in my head. It's hard to follow. It's a lot of cutscenes. But I was just like, when is the bathroom scene? And we need to talk about it. So yes, let's talk about the bathroom. It's scene. now. Let's talk about it. This is iconic. Also, like high school bathrooms are just like a hotbed for lesbian activity. Let's be real. <laughs> so <laughs> high school bathrooms are the gateway to lesbianism. True high school bathroom mirrors so literally Aster's like Ellie's washing her hands for honestly too long <laughs> yes we need to wash our hands hey for a long- she was just ready for corona yeah okay. right but I'm like all right you're you're just going too hard but really because all she wants to do is just look at Aster who's behind her <laughs> looking at her in the mirror oh my this, god it's ladies just, the cinematography is incredible but also the looks Aster yes. gives no one else in this entire movie the look she gives to ellie it is i'm gonna go with smoldering it's intense i'm like it is who looks at someone like that in a high school bathroom mirror who's not your girlfriend it's well you know well they are girlfriends but it's intense it's that's what's funny is it's like they're kind of dating but they just they like aster doesn't even know it you know yes it's like, it's a very stereotypical lesbian relationship. But that's also why I think that she has to know. She has to know. Has There's no know. way. Because the way that she's staring at her there. And again, like, here's the thing. Aster is kind of portrayed as this, like, she's Belle. She's got her nose in a book and she's the pretty pretty girl in the hallways and like but she's not stupid no i'm like there's no way that aster has you don't even have to talk to paul you just look at paul with his dumb puppy face and you're like there is no way that this guy is quoting wim wenders and discussing the remains of the day and the obvious unseen with me like no. come on not not in chance she literally so they go on their first date and aster i think doesn't gives him remains of the day she's like oh i thought yes. you would like this book oh my god and like you were talking about remains of the day with Ellie. So why right. would you give Paul? Well, I'm the assuming book? because it's come up in the letters, right? Yes, but re- but they talked about it in the hallway. I know. But that's why I'm saying she has to know. She has to know. It's like she has, she has to, to know. know. There's no way that she doesn't know. I mean, it's just stupid. You know who else knows? The teacher knows because she finds one of the letters and she is like, wow, well, this is sort of, um, you know, kind of a gray area morally. Are you sure you want to do this? Yep. 
um because it's like and the teacher the teacher must have found something that was like you know like signed paul or to paul or something and she's like well this sure as shit ain't paul (laughs) no yeah obviously (laughs) your english teachers obviously met paul munsky and um she knows this is bullshit so great so obvious like you couldn't have made him like slightly more slightly less paul even though i love how paul is but this is where I think you get like Ellie Chu is still a high schooler, right? Because like any rational thinking person in this situation would have been like, I mean, I should write it so that it's still believably Paul. And Ellie's just like, fuck it. I'm going to win Aster Flores's heart. Yes. <laughs> fuck it. She's going to love Ellie, not Paul. She's like, I'm going to make that girl fall in love with me. And yes. like, fuck Paul. I'm just, this is an opportunity and I'm taking it. Yes. Um, and that, that I think is the like, you know. They're high schoolers. I'm like, I it's you know, it, is it right? No, but are you gonna be stupid enough to do it anyways? Yeah, sure you are. Yes, <laughs> sure you are. You're like 18, of course you are. Um, and she does, and she goes all out because this is we also have even before the date they have that whole thing about like you know seeing and not seeing, and and they do the painting. This is where we get introduced to like the difference between a good painting and a great painting are the five boldest strokes that you make. Oh, God. Are you willing to ruin your good painting to have a great painting, Ellie? Yes. So she challenges her to, like, uh, a spray paint tagging contest on some poor dude's, like, side of his building. Yes. (laughs) And uh, just so much of it. And then they're, yeah, they're flirting back and forth within the spray paint. It's just... Their entire love story is so freaking cute. It is. Except for the fact that she thinks it's Paul. Well, and and again, you know, like you get this this line as their painting gets painted over and you get this voiceover from Ellie saying, everything beautiful is ruined eventually. You know, and I think like, again, I mean, they are they are setting you up, right? Like they are telling you what's going to what's going to happen at the end of this movie. It's yes. it's not going to end with a, a happy romantic ending, but that's OK. But yes, we do. Paul cannot contain himself. He cannot wait. He has to move to text um, and he has to go on a, a date. date. So I'm going to say this is a perfect opportunity. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about that date. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. All right, so let's talk about this incredibly uncomfortable date <laughs> with Paul Munsky. I think it went great. What are you talking about? It went so well. Uh, so Paul is sitting there across from Master, literally cannot speak at all. Talks about Nazis. I love Nazis, I think. is his direct I, yeah. quote, which is really like, what a way to kick off a date, Paul. A+. plus. He's really, really trying to remember all of the uh, flashcards that Ellie has given him. They are not working. It is absolutely painful. Are there any redeeming qualities of this date? It ends. It does end at some point. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably something that it's got going for it. Uh, 
poor Paul. I mean, he's trying so hard and he really is. I mean, he is set up for failure, right? I mean, the thing is, is like Ellie did not give him a chance. There's no chance that yes. he's going to be able to There's live up no to this. There's no chance for Paul to be Paul right. and actually be able to talk to Because Asher. Paul, none of none of the let nothing in the letters. None of this was Paul, right? Like Ellie didn't no. even try. She's this is all her. And so now you have poor poor sweet Paul who is like stuck in this situation of having to try to be Ellie on a date which like is just it's He's the complete opposite of. It's never going to work. Right. Um, so bad. And so the date does not go well. And I think they're like both ready to call it off. Ellie's kind of like cutting ties like this has gone too far and we should stop this. Um, and then you get this. Uh, this is my I love Paul moment. Right. Because, again, he's chasing on her bike, which is something that he keeps doing. She keeps just riding away from him. And he little puppy that he is, is just like. Just Labrador Retriever bounding next to her on her bike, getting in great shape. And so they're having this conversation and she like once again is like, you know, just kind of trying to end it and ride away. And we get the truck that drives by, chugga chugga choo choo. And Paul. And Paul comes to the rescue. He does. He is like, you know what? Fuck that. Like, this is my friend because I think that's really how he sees it. And so he, like, chases after the damn truck and, like, throws a rock at them and is, like, you know, like, like yelling at them. And you can just see, like, I think you see um, Ellie's take on Paul also change in that moment, you know? And Paul kind of takes this decision to like I'm gonna work at this like I'm gonna learn all this shit and I'm gonna like study how to win Aster and then we go into this beautiful montage of them being absolute creeps just the worst I mean this is like now we go into our catfishing segment even more and you're like great They are studying Aster. Let's stalk Aster at (laughs) every moment of her life and see what she likes. Let's follow her around. Let's make a detailed wall of notes and let's like, oh my God. It's, I'm literally like, if Aster ever saw that creepy ass train car that just (laughs) has like basically like caveman drawings of Aster's face. And like it's I would literally bad. think I was dealing with a serial killer. Yes. It's not the best, not the best thing we've ever seen, Ellie and Paul. No. And uh, this is, again, like this is either we get another, in this whole montage, we get another great Paul quote about love that again, like I just think it's so cute. And this is, he goes, isn't that what love is? How much effort you're willing to put into someone? And like, poor Paul, like his heart is so often in the right place, you know, like not always, yes. but he does have his moments. And he is like, at the end of the day, he is trying so hard, so hard. to be and the person. To, yes. Ugh. You have to give it to him that like, I think about like, like I said, oh, Paul doesn't know what love is. But like, Paul does know what love is, but like, he's not in love with Aster. Yeah. Paul cares so deeply about people. And that's what's so sweet about him. Yeah. But like, in the end, it's like he really loves he really loves Ellie, even if we'll deal with it like Yeah, the type of love that it is, in. but But like the friendship between the two of them, that's what makes this movie so beautiful to me, is yeah. like this wholesome he cares about her, so he throws rocks at people who say mean things about her, and he cares about her, so he helps her get over her stage fright. And uh, like he I love him. He pushes her to like 
to do better and be better and leave Squamish. Like there's, yeah. you know, he so does. He he, he has does a, put very, a lot of effort in. There's like there is something pure about his love, even when it's misguided. You know, and I love that. And I also like, again, you're getting in this whole montage sequence, you're getting all of these other things happening where like she's um, introducing him to new books and new plays and, and movies and like all of these things that they're discussing to try to get him to understand like what Astor's going to be interested in discussing. And the one of them that I love is they call out no exit, which is uh, a, and she <laughs> I just love how the breakdown that Ellie gives of it, which is in no exit, three people are trapped in hell a door opens and no one leaves right and it's like i feel like that's this is just explaining to you this movie because they're like these are the there are these three people each of them is sort of miserable for like their various reasons and they have put themselves in this like absolute hellish situation and at every point that like they could easily walk away from it like they, they just don't leave. Stay. None of them. None of them do. It's like you just keep sitting there being like, somebody make the right choice. <laughs> and they do somebody not. Somebody leave this. I mean, this whole time too, Aster has a boyfriend. Yes, he's hor- horrific. Yes. But like she does have a boyfriend. Oh so my God. Like- but but wait, can, while we're bring, if we're going to bring up Trig, can we talk about what, what I think is the funniest Trig moment in this whole thing, which is when Ellie and Paul come up to him in his truck to interview him because they're like, oh, we'll like make up a reason to talk to Trig to get more information about Aster. And we're going to do this like good cop, bad cop thing. And so they're just like, they make up this excuse of like, oh, we're interviewing people for like, uh, you know, a student profile on like some people who inspire you, whatever. And even though they're like so obviously not doing that, Trigg's response is to just sit there in his car and be like, oh, great. And then he just goes, oh, I'm surprised more people haven't asked to interview me. And I'm like, that is just that is so Trigg in a nutshell. So like, oh, he's so he's so terrible. Um, this is also where we meet Taco Sausage. All right. And Taco Sausage is a huge character in the film. So let's discuss. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so Paul's family is. There, there's a family of sausages. They're the sausage kings and queens of Squamish. And Paul is like our little sausage prince. And he is the youngest one. Think it, little let's sausage think it, prince. Think about it like I'm sorry. A- I'm going to be laughing about that for the next week. <laughs> I want a t-shirt that just says little sausage prince. Like little That's sausage what I prince. want. Nobody will get it. It will be the most niche yes, joke for just will, me. Yeah. It, people are not going to think what it means, what it, it's supposed to mean. <laughs> I mean, it can have so many meanings. My little sausage prince. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds like, have you ever seen uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days when she names? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's um princess something or whatever? Oh, my God. Yeah. Names. Yeah. I'll, we'll look it up. It's terrible. <laughs> so good. But basically, I, like, I think about it like Frozen, you know, um, Prince Hans. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's the youngest in a in a group of all of these older princes who are going to take over the throne, but he wants to make his own way. And so he decides, you know what? I have all these creative ideas. What about taco sausage? And that's how we yeah, get man. taco sausage. Yeah, man. Taco sausage. Taco I also, sausage. can we dig deep into the literary metaphor of taco sausage? Um, because um, in terms of this love triangle in terms of this love triangle and how you're basically taking like the two very stereotypical ways to refer to like binary gender anatomy things right and so he's like i know i'll smush them into one <laughs> and i'm <Yep>. like yes <laughs> accurate that is exactly what you are trying to sell Aster right now is a freaking taco sausage mix of you and ellie 
Yes, and bisexual Aster is like eating it right up. Let's be, <laughs> let's be real. Aster's like taco sausage is what I've been waiting for my whole life. Yes. Like, um. So yeah. So there you go. Look, everything everything has a meaning, right? Um, yes. And poor Paul, because he does right. He does understand as well, like that his dreams of the sausage future that he wants are like non-existent and he's so cute because it's like they have this one scene where ellie's i don't remember what it is that makes her be like i'm done i'm leaving and she's like getting out of the car and he's trying to get her to stay and he's like and he he brings it back to no exit again Mm -hmm. right and he's like i have been listening and i have been trying and he like gives this whole explanation about like taco sausage is like no exit because he knows what he wants but he knows that it would break his mother's heart if he asked for it he you know like he understands why it would break his mother's heart because like his grandmother died and if his mother can't have her mother around then she can keep making the sausages the exact same way forever and ever and ever and he's like so i just stay and I do the thing that makes her happy, even though it makes me miserable, you know, and like, yep. it's so cute. And it's like, you just it, it you get all these little things about Paul where it's like he's he's far from perfect and he's far from smart, but he does try and he does understand love in some ways, you know, and he understands yep. that part of it, that it's like sometimes love means sacrifice, like sometimes love means working hard and sometimes love means sacrificing. And like he is willing to do those things, you know, like whether he's perfect, he sure tries. <laughs> Yes, and you're getting and you're getting this relationship between him and Ellie, right? Like you have all of these scenes where she's like trying to teach him how to hold a conversation like a normal human by playing ping pong. (laughs) It's very hard for him. Um, And so they're playing ping pong, and they're having, you know, she's like trying to like it's you're just passing a ball back and forth. You're just trying to like you know have this back and forth and and back and forth and it's so cute because they have these scenes where it's like the the first time they do it like they're both stilted and awkward because she doesn't want to open up to him about anything and he's also using this as an opportunity to like get to know his friend and you can see that it matters to him you know and it's cute and like he's they're like slowly opening up to each other and i love it they're both trying i know it's so sweet and then is this the first time where he's like I love Aster because she's this, this, this. Like, what would you say? And she's like, that's not what you would Or is it later? Um, It's like in the midst of all of this montage. This is like a super long montage scene that kind of covers like all sorts of things. There's like the ping pong conversation and there's the ghost messenger conversations. And there's like, you know, like more conversation with Paul. And then there's taco sausage night. And like, so it's somewhere in there. Yeah, it's somewhere in there. But that part gets me because literally I'm like, when you're talking about like Paul and light bulbs, he's like, oh, well, if I was going to talk about oh my like, God, being yes. in lo- if I was going to talk about being in love with Astra, I'd talk about like how I don't even remember what the line is, but it's like how her eyes glisten, blah, blah, blah. And like all this stuff that's like ridiculous. Surface level only. <laughs> and then but what does Ellie say? Oh, my God. I wish I had written them down. I should have typed them all. But she has all of these things where she's like. You know, the way that she like looks straight into your eyes when she's talking to you and she has like five different voices and she's like all of these like really deep, meaningful things, right? Like, And Paul's like, oh my God, I'm so stupid. And you're like, yes, you are so stupid. Okay, here, Paul, you got this. You got this. Ellie's gay and in love with Aster. And he's well, just and- like... Can I tell you the f- so the first time I watched this movie, I literally thought that he did get it then, right? Nope. 
and I, I knew that he must not have by the time I got to the end, but I still couldn't see like what had, I was like, but then what, I don't get it. Like, what was his, what was that epiphany? What was that moment? Because I honestly thought that was him being like, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. You're so desperately in love with her as well. But no, I guess all he's realizing is like, oh, that's what I should sound like. And I don't yet, you know? Yes. He's like, I don't have the right words to say right. to Aster to, to, and you, you're you so good with words. That's what he's yeah. saying. Like, you still are doing better at talking about being in love with Aster than I am, even though you're not. But it's like, because she is, oh, Paul. dude. Because she is. Um, oh, Paul. And, but this is also, it's, it is a cute scene in that you also see, um, this is where you start to see Ellie trying to, right? And like, that's what I love about this. Because at the end of this movie, what you really get are three people who like all had a positive impact on each other like in one way or another the, yes. the overall end outcome is positive for all of them and this is the the positive outcome for ellie is that you can see her open up and start to realize that she has to try as well you know and so when paul is getting upset because he doesn't know how to talk about the the you know girl that he loves correctly and she, you can see that he's upset and she can see that he's upset and she tells him like you try harder than anyone i've ever met you know and he does i mean to be fair he does and that's what she says is like if if love isn't the effort you put in then what is it and i just like it's cute that she's trying to build him back up i love it i love it too and yeah like that's why i just yes i love aster and ellie but really ellie and paul's friendship is the biggest like part of this movie and it's and this is where it kicks off like this is they finally have like taco sausage night where she and her dad try taco sausage um, and love it because of, of course. course it's delicious it does I, i'll be fair i mean it sounds delicious right it sounds amazing i mean it sounds it. great i kind of want someone to make a taco sausage now just so that i can like make ta- taco sausages and then watch this movie what again. do we think a taco sausage is it's a, it's a sauce that tastes like a taco i'm imagining it as a sausage that has like the filling of the sausage would be like reminiscent of eating a taco so i feel like it would have kind of like that taco seasoning flavor and like you know like taco stuff in it like that's what i imagine okay so i was thinking like it was a sausage in the shape of a taco and you could put whatever you want inside of it oh when you look at them eating it it looks like they're holding a tortilla wrapped around a sausage okay so it's just a talk a sausage inside of a taco shell it's a taco flavored sausage no uh well yes it is a sausage (laughs) inside of a taco shell but inside of the sausage are taco flavors Mm. all right We'll have to taste it. Yeah. We'll have to ask Paul. I know, right? Someone, someone, um, please make this for us. That's I what need we need. I need is. a recipe for taco sausage. And taco sausage is cute, right? Because it's like he cares and they care and they're trying his recipe because no one ever has. And it's, it's, and he's so happy. Like his little puppy dog face is so happy that they're trying his food and liking it. And then they watch this movie where like the Bollywood movie with the girl on the train and the dude runs after the train and he's like, it shows that he cares. And, and Ellie's like, it shows that he's a moron and then he goes she looks sad and ellie goes then she's a moron too it's cute we'll come back to that at the end (laughs) we always come back (laughs) and then what do we have i think we have the the second date the second date which does go better than the first all right paul but is really saved by show up at the date paul still aster's like we're friends right paul and aster you know that this boy does not want to be your friend but it's okay so she's like, I'm so happy we're friends. And Paul's like, yeah, friends. And then they literally sit there staring at each other, not saying a word for a very long yes. time until finally Ellie decides to do something about it and text Aster, 
with Paul right across from her. And Ellie is, this scene is so intense. Ellie's just staring at Astor being like, you're the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. You make me so nervous, blah, blah, blah. But I'm Paul. And Paul's like, what the hell is happening? It's also, there's that great moment where like she, so Ellie is sitting in the car outside the restaurant watching the date and is like, this is going terribly. So she just texts Astor and then Astor looks at her phone, looks up at Paul and is like, you texted me? And then he like takes his, phone off the table and puts it into his lap and is like haha yeah. yeah and i'm like it, you know what it reminded me of is that scene in she's the man where like the the mom like bursts into her room and she's like i was just on the phone with dad and then she like reaches over to her nightstand and picks the phone up and yes. puts it to her ear and just goes bye dad, bye, dad and then hangs it up again <laughs> yes <laughs> it was like it was very reminiscent of that scene for me and his god paul's face in this where like she keeps test texting aster um and aster's just responding to the texts but paul has no no idea what's happening and so he just keeps giving these like boom they get this like great sound effect like as his face turns to look at ellie in the truck and he's like what are you typing (laughs) and then she's like stop looking at me and it's 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 hilarious i'll be honest i love it so it's so good but then paul paul also is the closer he is and he just gets up and says i don't want to be friends and that was it and he's the closer because we find out later when they're shopping that he he kissed totally her. Totally kissed her. I know. She gave him a look. Crazy. Yeah, Ellie's so cute. How do you how do you kiss someone? Clearly she's never kissed anyone and she also really wants to kiss Aster. So she's like, "How how do you do it? How would I know if Aster wanted to kiss me?" She'd give you a look, Ellie. That's all. She knows the, the look. You know the look. Yeah. And they do and the shopping is cute because they're shopping for the senior recital that Ellie has to do cuz it's mandatory for plot reasons and he when we reasons. get to the senior recital <laughs> there's no other excuse for this nobody would have a mandatory senior True. recital. So he they go shopping and he when you get to the recital he has picked her out like such a cute little gay outfit and I'm like oh Paul somewhere deep down you it's know. It's so cute. Well I love he says to her she has like a skirt on and he's like that's not you. Yeah. And then, so that's why it's like so many things. Astro knows, Paul knows, and they still like, it takes so long for them to get it. Everyone like, has been lying to themselves. If you didn't know that Ellie was gay, you wouldn't have got her that outfit. I know, right? It's like a little pantsuit with it's like so a button cute. down. And I'm like, it's so cute. Um, and the senior recital, he's so cute because of course, like the assholes at her school cut all the strings in the, in the piano so that she can't play the piano. And so he like goes and gets her a guitar so that she can play her little song that she'd been writing about her mom. And then she sings her little song and his little face in the background of that scene where he just has like literal stars in his eyes like watching his friend sing her little song on stage and i love, I him love so it much. so much and then we also get uh trig again when did ellie chu get hot? oh my god trig do you like how do you like how i was like trying desperately to just skip over trig existing yeah, but that line so true um and her song is so cute and i'm just gonna highlight the little line like we had to get lost to be found and i think it's cute She's cute and and yeah, it's like everyone suddenly has that like end of a high school movie like you've been cool this whole time, Ellie Chu. We knew she uh, was. They go to a party. She gets drunk. Oh my god, I love <laughs> at the party too. So she shows up to the party. This girl with a beanie just comes up to her and is like, Ellie, let's play. What is it like? Drinkers of Catan. <laughs> drinkers, drinkers of yeah, Catan. I'm like, oh my god, nerd alert! But also like, I want to play yes. that game. Um, because <laughs> I'm a nerd. 
And I'm like, of course, this girl with a beanie is like, hey, come play with the gay nerds, oh, yeah. just like you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. Like, that would be my group of people like that. She found her people. I love it. Yeah. And she gets wasted at the after party. So Paul takes her to his room, which like, again, it's like your heart's in the right place, Paul. But like, you're all still in high school. And this was a bad idea. Yes. But he does. He finds the letters. She's been writing letters to like uh, food reviewers in their greater metro area i guess like about his sausages because she's trying to and i love their friendship so much but it is bad because then she is in his room when aster shows up to see him well it the end result is good um because they go on on their can we call this their first date? yes this is their first date so aster shows up and ellie's like oh paul is so into you paul really paul very like yeah super and he's we're not together he's so into yeah. you and you're like if this is not the moment that aster realizes that ellie chu has been writing the letters i do not oh know what God. it is because she be- well dude and plus look ellie who's like yeah paul he's just so paul is very into you and like super into you and writing you all these letters and like oh this painting it's great what a bold stroke over there on the side <laughs> anyways what are you up to today <laughs> exactly oh f- how many str- how many bold strokes does it take to t- <laughs> I've never heard that before. Like, come on, Ellie. Like, she's dropping hints everywhere. Yes. Um. So they go on a date. Should we talk about their yes, date? Yes, I a love bit? the date. Oh my god. So Aster basically <laughs> asks her out on a date. She's just like, oh wait, no. She's like, let me spend time with you. So she goes. Ellie's like, I have to go. And Aster's like, I'm free all day. And you're like, yeah. Okay, you've literally never spent any time with this girl, and you're like, hey, let's spend 24 hours together. Like, clearly, you know. She- Which is like the most lesbian date ever, it's okay. right? It's like, oh, our first date, it lasted three days, actually. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so she goes and she watches. It lasted three days, and then we moved in together. Pretty That's much. a lesbian Pretty first much. date for you. <laughs> so she goes and watches Ellie, like, do her job. And then she- then after that, she's just like, you want to go somewhere? You want to get out of here? The gayest line you could ever utter. And then drives her to this weird secret place in the middle of the woods. And she's like, it's just us here. We're the only ones around. Quick, let's strip down and jump into this pond. Yeah, quick, let's get (laughs) naked in the woods. Look, here's what I can tell you about this scene. Um, Aster has watched Skins and yes. she's a big Naomi fan. That's all yes. I know. She's okay. Like, she's like, oh, the perfect opportunity. I've been wait. I have never brought anyone here. I've been waiting to bring a girl here so I could have I've this moment. I've just been waiting for the right girl, and it is you, Ellie Chu. Let's you. go to the woods, and I will get naked and swim in water for you. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, literally. I don't think I would ever do what she did with a friend, dude. And literally, like, the idea that Aster believes that she is still 100% straight when she is, like, stripping naked, getting into water, like, steamy water, and then again with, like, the smoldering looks. Like, she is, like, eating Ellie Chu up in this scene with her eyes. It is crazy. It's a lot. Ellie Chu gets in the water with all of her clothes on and Aster is so disappointed. Her gay panic is so real in this scene. I love the second that Aster starts like stripping down and she full on physically turns turns her body around and then out loud says, are these deciduous trees? (laughs) (laughs) 
It is like the most relatable gay panic scene uh, of my life. And yes, she does. She goes swimming in like 14 shirts. I don't even know (laughs) what she's doing. Um, She says (gasps) later in the scene, she's like, I am a Russian doll of clothing. Like she's just so uncomfortable. Um, And but but also what friend. Okay, so let's just keep saying we're friends. Okay, so let's say we're friends. I'm just trying to (laughs) run this scenario through. Okay, next time you and I as friends go swimming in a pond with you naked and me wearing 12 shirts. If we were friends and I were like, I was like, oh, well, you're probably not comfortable. If you want to wear all those shirts, you're probably just comfortable in your shirts. That's fine. I would not try to take your clothes off. Yes. She literally tries to take her clothes off. She She like tackles her in the water. And she takes her shirt off and puts it on her own body. (laughs) It's like honestly rude. It's a little much. (laughs) And especially like Aster's, the conversation that they're having, she's like, I don't think I've ever hung out with a girl and not talked about boys before. And you're like, what is happening? And then Ellie is immediately like, Paul. And then Aster's immediately like, I should marry Trig. And you're like, ladies, ladies, ladies. Ladies, please stop. Get it under control. Neither one of you wants Paul or Trig. God. And then they're floating in the water and their faces are all mirrored in the water and it's all beautiful visually. And Ellie's like, gravity is matter's response to loneliness and then they're like every story has a best part and you're like just kiss already kiss like already. jesus how did they have that entire day and not kiss actually right how do you how and, do you like tackle your friend drugs? in a pond of water take a shirt off of her body and put it on your body and never once kiss it makes no sense but it's also but a I do, beautiful scene it is a beautiful scene. And on that note, I do want to know, Ellie, because she this is where she explains to Aster the whole, like, everything has a best part. So I'm curious, what's the best part of this movie for you? This scene. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> this. Is it? Okay. This. I'm going to go. I'm going to go outside the box. My the best part of this movie for me is the second date where they're texting and Paul turns to look at Ellie uh, in the car. <laughs> yes. It's also I think a that's moment. I think that's my favorite part of the whole movie. This naked water scene really gets me. Uh, OK, we're like we're getting close to the end. So let's do this. Yes. We somehow mysteriously end that date. Unclear how that happens in a platonic way. Yes. Um, but from there, things get bad. So Aster shows up. She's like kissing Paul behind the restaurant. Ellie's all like in her feelings about it. Paul scores a touchdown for the school. The first touchdown in 25 years. <laughs> I love that because it's like so ridiculous, but it's also like so descriptive of this town. Um, yes. But he, Paul is like riding high after his touchdown and he channels all of that emotion and his burgeoning love of Ellie and kisses her. Yeah, it's very, uh, he misconstrues his friend love and he thinks he's in love. (sighs) And And of course. And of course, Aster sees. And I don't uh, know who she's more pissed at, Ellie or Paul. Both. She is pissed at the taco sausage combo. (laughs) The taco sausage has betrayed her. Yes. It is. It has all gone wrong for the taco sausage. And and poor this is this is like, you know, this is worst moment in the movie because Paul finally catches on that Ellie is in love with Aster and he tells her it's a sin. 
I know. And this is. You're going to hell. And you're like, oh. This is a very rough part of the movie because you've been rooting for Paul the whole time. And then you really want him to react better than he does. And he doesn't. And he really doesn't. He really doesn't. He has like a really, really horrible response to this. Um, and I mean, sure, like you're, you'll make excuses. This is the response that he has been taught. It doesn't make it right and it doesn't excuse it, you know. And so it's like everything kind of seems bad from there. Like nobody is talking. Nothing good is happening. And, you know, they're still trying. Like Paul has this really sweet conversation with it because like Paul is trying to understand and he's trying to understand Ellie and, you know, the dad like thought they were dating and Paul's like, no. And he's like, he just has this really cute moment where he's like, you don't see her. And I think it's important because it's such, it's like such a big part of this movie that I think kind of gets called out in so many different places is like this importance of being seen like really seen for who you are you know and i think Mm -hmm. that like so much of this movie comes down to everybody trying to pretend that they're somebody that they're not and who's going to look at you and see who you really are and love you anyways like what in whatever type of love that's gonna be yeah you know and i do love to like you said like his initial reaction is horrible but he does try to like try to think about it. He like is researching. He looks up. Uh, he, how do you know Googles you're gay? <laughs> and all this stuff. And he's he's trying really hard. And you know, like he's like, I love this person. They can't like. There's no way that this person that I love is bad. Right. Like like I've been taught. And so at least we have like you know we have a progression. It doesn't take that long to get there. Like thank God. I don't think I could really deal with. With it if they like sink into that too much. Yeah. And so then this is when we go to the church, right? Yes. Yep. This is our denouement. Oh, God. This church I'm just going to stay as pretentious as we can for this. Yeah. I mean, this movie is pretentious, so we can (laughs) But also it's like perfect, so. Yes. Yes. I'm like, this movie is not pretentious, but. Ellie Chu is pretentious. Ellie Chu is pretentious in this movie. Correct. Um, So the, the church scene, Trig proposes... God help us. Like, you're 17. God help us all. You literally are seniors. You did not need to propose, but whatever. So he proposes. I'm pretty sure Astra says, like, eh? Like, she doesn't even say yes. What is she? She, like, shrugs? Yeah, she kind of, like, stands up briefly, and, like, Ellie immediately is just like, nope. Yep. (laughs) She is like the person in the back of the church who's like, speak now or forever hold your peace. And she's like, fuck this bullshit. Like, no, 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 no. And so then it's like you have this really great scene where like nobody knows what's happening except for Ellie except for and the Paul. Three of them. Well, Ellie and Paul and like slowly Aster is catching on, right? Because it's like, yeah, you have Ellie starts giving this speech about like love isn't pretending and all of this stuff. And love then you is have selfish. Paul giving it's selfish. And then Paul is giving this speech and he's like and I mean this is and where Paul's again, like, love is gay. I love like, what Paul? <laughs> that is such a perfect paraphrase of what he says. Um, because I love him. He is trying and he's like he goes, I've been thinking about how much it would suck to have to pretend to be not you your whole life and I never want to be the guy that stops loving someone for loving the way that they want to love and you're like oh <laughs> Paul you got there like you are a little puppy dog yes you know but he does he does try and then Ellie is giving this speech again about like love is trying and reaching and failing and 
So this is where Ellie gives away and she says, love is being willing to ruin your good painting for the chance at a great one. And Aster goes and slaps Paul in the face. Yeah, accurate. Good response. Yeah, as you should. So that's kind of like the big... You know, that's the big moment. Like, this is where everything has has come out in the open. Aster realizes, obviously, that she's been being lied to this whole time. She realizes who she was actually falling in love with. She realizes she's a little bit gay. Super very into Ellie Chu. You know, so I think there's a lot of self-realization that happens in this scene. And then we have our, our endings. All right, and this ending. So I know people are going to be like, people are going to do what they're going to do on Twitter. It's not a love story. <laughs> However, we still get some good gay content. That water scene and then this ending scene. So the ending scene, we have Aster and Ellie outside of, I don't know. So- Her family's restaurant, I think. Aster's I'm family's so restaurant. I'm so confused about I'm Aster's life. I'm very confused life. as well. I She's know. She's the daughter of the pastor, but the pastor also owns a restaurant. Who knows? The plot holes are everywhere. Nobody cares about Aster's like background or family. Like. They just, she's just this creature. So Ellie and Aster start talking and Ellie's like, oh, Aster, like, how are you? I miss you, girl. Oh my God. She tries to be so like, play so, so like, cool. chill about it. Yeah. Like, oh, how's-? And Aster's like, are you kidding? Like, are you serious right now talking to me? Yeah. But she, but we find out Aster's not marrying Trig. Thank God. Aster's going to art school to make those strokes. Of course you strokes. are. Because you are a giant bisexual disaster. Yes. And then they have this really interesting conversation mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where basically Aster is like, you know, I think in a way I sort of knew it was you. And you're uh, like, yeah, part no of me sh- might have known. No shit. And I liked it. She literally says out loud, it's not like the thought never crossed my mind. Yeah, clearly. What do you mean? Nobody knew. Like, you didn't have to tell us that. You literally took her shirt off like three days ago. We're like, look, Aster, we watched that thought cross your mind like four different times in this movie. So many times. Like, we're not surprised. We're not surprised. Um, (laughs) And so she's like, oh, well, you just wait. Like, I'm going to figure out my life. Like, I'm going to be so sure of everything like in a few years. After in, art school. <laughs> yeah, in college. Like basically being like, I'm going to experiment in college and you'll see. Like, yeah. You'll see. And Ellie's <laughs> like, okay, so she's telling me she's into me. What am I going to do with this? And as Ellie's walking away, she's like, no, I'm going to go kiss her. And she goes and she plants a big one on Aster. And it's. And she tells her, she not only kisses her, she kisses her, and then she just goes, I'll see you in a couple of years. Yes. Like, power move right there. I know. That's why I'm saying uh, Ellie Chu is not a nerd. Ellie Chu is. But, I mean, she is. She's just, like, a hot nerd. That's yes. the best kind. She's killing it. She's, She's killing, killing it. it. Um, but, again, importantly, this is not the end of the movie, because the most important thing in this movie is not just Ellie and Aster. It's Ellie and Paul. It's Ellie and Paul. And the final scene is her getting on the train to go to to Grinnell to go to college. She gets on the train. They have this like very kind of like, you know, we're saying goodbye now. Here we go. And then Paul, little Labrador retriever that he is, chases after her train. 
And it's so sweet. And it's a oh. call it's a callback to the morons from before, and they're the two morons now. Uh, and they are the morons because he is running after it and she calls him a moron, but she is also crying. Crying, and that makes her a moron too, because she's so sad. And it's like, I just I love this movie. I love it so much. It's so like there's just something so important about all of their relationships with each other. Yes. Ugh. I love it. Everyone needs a good ally. Paul Paul got there. He's I think he's such a great ally too and a good friend. And just like especially for a high school movie, like your friends are the ones that are going to stick around from high school more often than your relationships. So I think it's great to have a a high school movie that is all about a friendship. Yeah. And like a support system that you build in high school that's going to keep supporting you as you go through the rest of your life and that feeling of being seen and like whether paul was the perfect ally the whole time or whether paul knew what he was seeing like i think it is still something that like so many of us you know like whether you came out in high school or not like i think that a lot of people and especially like queer people i think are going to relate to that idea that like you don't always let everyone see all of you, you know, like I think a lot of us are used to like you, you hide, hide certain, certain things, things. Yeah. and like a lot of our life is spent kind of like, you know, like figuring out it, like who is and isn't safe to show everything to, you know. And so I think that like I love this story. I love this story of Ellie realizing like I can open up and somebody will still love all of like the, what I let them see, you yeah. know, and like that's what Paul does. And like, are they perfect? No. And are they like teenagers? Of course. But like... <laughs> But there's still something about that, you know, and it's like, that's what I loved. And I there's this um, there's this quote that I want to read because it's from an interview that Alice Wu gave about the movie. And they were talking about, you know, like comparing it in some ways to like the Cyrano de Bergerac story, because it's obviously got that like catfishing undertones and whatever. Um, And she just had this really great quote where she goes partway through, it starts to subvert the genre and it ends up not really being about who's going to get the girl. It's really about this whole idea of going to look for the perfect other half. It's sort of the realization at certain points that it's not about finding your perfect path. It's actually that moment when you realize you're reaching and you're going to fail, but your connections with people along the way And in this case, it took three people who otherwise wouldn't interact kind of collide together. And the three of them, each of them end up sort of affecting each other. And through their connection with each other, each ends up getting a piece of themselves that allows them to move forward and become the person they're meant to be. And like, I love that. I love that. (laughs) I love that. It doesn't have to end with them together. It does not have to be the rom-commy. They kiss and ride off into the sunset together. That's not the point of the movie. The point of the movie is like three teenagers finding themselves through this like kind of fucked up connection that they all made. I love it. I think that's the perfect wrap up. I think like that quote just sums it up perfectly. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Does that mean it's time, Ellie? It's time. Let's do it. Q and gay, okay. baby. Here we go. Q. 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 And, and, and gay. gay. All right. Question one, Lee. Would you try taco sausage? I would 100% try taco sausage, and I desperately want to. Somebody please make us taco sausage. Oh, my God. <laughs> if we just get, like, taco sausage in the mail, it's, like, been it's been made, like, 10 <laughs> days ago, but they, like, had to wait. <laughs> I just – here's the thing. If I wake up to, like, 15 different emails with recipes for a taco sausage, I will not be mad. Okay? Yes. That's all. Thank you. Question two, Ellie. What would you have done for your senior recital? A, piano recital, B, an original song, C, a pop cover, or D, opera solo? Great question. 
I'm going to have to say C, pop cover. I could see that. Yeah. I competed in the talent show my senior year with my best friend, Tien, and we got second place and we were actually um, robbed, I think, but you know, mm. I we, believe did our, it. we sang um, a duet from One Tree Hill, Where nice. Do You Go When You're Lonely? I don't know if nice. anyone knows that song, but we killed it. And the winner wrote an original rap, so that so they won, which I mean was also good. But justice for Ellie, uh, hashtag justice for Ellie and Tian for Ellie. at their senior <laughs> talent show. <laughs> we're we're gonna rewrite history here. <laughs> Question number three: What was your go-to ridiculous drinking game? A. Drinkers of Catan. B. Asshole. C. Flip cup. Or D. Beer pong. Uh, I'm gonna go with asshole. We used to play asshole a lot. Mm. I'm flip cup champion nice nice one time i'm like i'm just gonna keep telling stories i don't know why it's just coming it's just you know they're just flowing out have you ever played um red rover flip cup no i think you call it red rover flip cup i don't know how or like elimination whatever basically the point is it's like five versus five and then like if somebody one team wins they take a player so then it's six versus four but you still have to do the same oh. amount of cups and so it gets that sounds really in- like a recipe for disaster really really intense but at one point I was the only person left on my team so I was doing 10 cups and the other team or nine cups and the other team was doing nine cups but nine people and I won <laughs> and I immediately like won and I was like yeah and then I threw up <laughs> nice yeah that sounds about right that's yeah. that's the right ending to that story yeah. but I love <laughs> I love flip cup because of that story very nice yeah even um question four Ellie is this the boldest stroke you can make I'm not sure what we're asking about, but I'm going to say maybe. Okay. We'll do a <laughs> yes, like no, or maybe al- option on this one. We can always make a bolder stroke, you know? I feel like I'm always trying to make a bolder stroke. You do. You make pretty bold strokes. Yes. Well, I have to but say. But I have made bold strokes in the past, but it's not just only one bold stroke, so it's a hard question, you know? <laughs> All right. Question number five. Did Aster know it was Ellie? Of course she knew. Come on. She knew. There's no she way. Knew. There's no way that girl didn't know. No she way. Knew. Remember, you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Let's Hang Out Pod. I think we've done it, Ellie. I think we've uh, we've covered it. So there it. you go. All of our all of our many, many pretentious thoughts. On behalf of, of it. it. I loved it. So great. As with all of our less essentials, we also have to have our drinking game rules. So here we go. Number one, every time Aster stares at Ellie... Number two, every time they make a literary reference. Three, every time Ellie's dad says best part. Four, every time Trig is being Trig. I'm sorry, that might kill kill you. And number five, anytime Ellie and Aster are messaging through Ghost Messenger. Number six, anytime there's an awkward silence between Paul and Aster. Number seven, when Aster and Ellie finally kiss, just drink for it because we all want to. And number eight, Anytime Paul mentions taco sausage, that one will also get you. As always, please drink responsibly and tweet us when you do. Let me hear you say hip, 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 again. We love hearing from all of you. We love continuing to build this community. And so we just like to shout out some of the favorite things that we have heard lately. And this week, we want to start out with a shout out to Chris, who emailed us with a should have been gay request, which you know we love love getting. So Chris, we just want to say thank you for reaching out. We have added Phineas and Ferb to our list. To our lengthy list. I specifically will need to do some more research on that front. But we always love 
love a suggestion, especially when it's something we didn't already have on our list. So congrats. We love surprises. I also wanted to give a personal shout out to Leah Hendley, who is one of our patrons and a good friend. And Leah messaged me and was like, where can I send you something? And I was like, oh, this is so exciting. I'm going to get something in the mail. (laughs) Then maybe like a a few weeks later, I sort of, I got something in the mail and I was like, what, what is this? I opened it. (laughs) It was a Spice World DVD. A blessed surprise. I literally looked at it and I was like, this is what Leo was going to send to me. I just felt it. And so I want to say thank you. For that Spice World DVD, Leah heard me in our Spice World episode saying I only have the VHS and what am I going to do when I can't watch the VHS anymore? And now I have the DVD. And so that was just very thoughtful. And I wanted to say thank you. It really, really made my whole week. So thank you for that. Oh, yeah. We also want to thank, as always, our Lesbian Jesus patrons, Mark Foster, Jess Klaus, Tanya Ferguson, Danny Griswold, Jacqueline Rose Nishino, Sarah and Julia, Carrie Ann Lawrence, Danny Gunluck Tamora, Brittany Ray, Alana Rosen, and Tara Gleason. And our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen, Leah Henley, Liz Chen, and Wendy K. Bartlett. Thank you all. You make what we do possible, and we also just love hanging out with you. So thanks for being our friends. <laughs> and a special shout out to Tian Tran, who sings Paul's part in our Half of It song. It's very special to me because he was my Paul in high school. He's my best friend and he's always been one of my most supportive allies. Love you, Tien. Thanks for singing with us. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Less Hangout Pod. You can also email us at lesshangoutpod at gmail.com. You can check out our website at lesshangoutpod.com. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll be the first to know when new episodes drop. We're also posting videos on our YouTube channel. If you subscribe at youtube.com slash lesshangoutpod, you will make sure to not miss any of them. If you want to support the podcast, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It's very easy, and it also just makes us happy. You can support us financially on our Patreon, and you get access to all sorts of fun perks, Less Essentials viewing parties. When we do our next Less Essentials, we had our viewing party for the half of it with our patrons and had the best time, and all sorts of other fun stuff. You can find that at bit.ly slash lespatreon. If you want to support some of our other ventures... You can support us on Pink Start for our musical at bit.ly slash the flame the musical. We keep having more and more of you support us every week. Thank you so much. Let's keep it rolling so we can really make that goal. If you want to get some merch, you can find our Tee Public where you can get all of our designs on all sorts of different things like teas or crewnecks because it's getting chilly now finally or, well, some places and mugs for our fall cider and I don't know what else, but you can find that at bit.ly slash lesshop. If you want to find us individually, you can find me at Ellie Brigida on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSH Foster. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And And let's let's hang hang out out again again soon. Let's hang out. See the pieces that are lost.
me the reasons that my best is yet to be the things I only dream when I look around I see See you.